Well, it's time now for the morning line here on KMA. Well, Iowa lawmakers are gearing up to head back to the Capitol early next month for the 2024 Iowa legislative session. And we've been catching up with some of the area legislatures to get a little bit of a sneak peek into what could be coming in the new year. And with us on the line this morning to talk a little bit about that is Iowa State Representative Brent Seacrest. Good morning to you, Brent. Good morning, Ethan. Well, thanks for being here with us this morning, as always. And uh, let me just kind of start us off. I know people are always, you know, kind of curious sometimes, you know, with with what uh, lawmakers are doing uh, in between sessions here. Just kind of start us off. Tell us a little bit some of the things that uh, you've been doing sort of here in the interim. Well, you know, it it does ramp up probably starting in October. A lot of uh, different groups want you to come in and talk to them about whatever the various issues might be. I've been Oh, to reading classes at Lewis Central, and then uh, I talked to IJAG classes at, at uh, in the Council Plus School District, and then, you know, just various groups that want to meet, including county supervisors as well as uh, every, everybody else, it seems like. So you keep pretty busy that way, just gearing up and having them tell you uh, what they're looking forward to in the next session. Mm-hmm. Sure, and I guess as you've kind of been talking with some of those constituents, I guess what have been maybe some of the some of the topics, you know, maybe some of the issues that have sort of been, sort of been uh, rising to the top. Well, you know, when it comes to the education groups, including the community colleges, they're concerned about funding, uh, and, and in terms of businesses, you're talking to, there's a lot of concern about housing, uh, you know, worker housing as well as uh, child care because child care is. Difficult to get, and if a uh, mother or father can't find a place to put their child, it's hard for them to go to work or to work full-time. So, you know, it's just a variety of things. Uh, taxes do come up. Obviously, property taxes are high on the list, uh, but we've done a lot in terms of income taxes. We have actually uh, we actually hear quite a few thank yous about that, that we've reduced the tax burden. So uh, when it comes to government, it's usually uh, exactly what they want that will help them improve their businesses, or their uh, or their organization, and and generally, unfortunately, that uh, usually involves money. But uh, uh, they're pretty good to bring you in and tell you what's on their mind, and then we have to make the decisions and prioritize the needs. Sure, and obviously, you know, one of the things you mentioned was uh, potential tax cuts. That's kind of what uh, Governor Kim Reynolds has also kind of hinted at would be something that she'd like to see the legislature tackle, tackle again this year. I guess, so where, where would you see maybe the legislature kind of going this year in terms in terms of ta- any, any potential uh, tax cuts or tax breaks of that sort? Uh, it's kind of hard to say yet. We've, we've spent a little time talking about it as caucuses, but uh, I think what you'll see is an effort to what was it, two years ago, we uh, set a glide path to get us to a 3.9% flat tax that was going to come true, I think, in 2027. Uh, given the economy and how well it's been and the amount of surplus we build up, I think the ma- major effort will be to accelerate that 3.9% tax cut uh, maybe to as soon as next year or at least a year or two earlier. So I think that will be the major emphasis there, uh, implementing the 3.9% flat tax. We've already done all the retirement taxes. You're not taxed on your pension anymore. You're not taxed on your 401k withdrawals. All that's gone into effect. We've eliminated the estate tax. Uh, we don't tax Social Security. So I think the next thing will be to take that 3.9% and make it effective uh, as soon as uh, as soon as January. 
Certainly. And you also mentioned, of course, education is always one of the first things that the legislature tackles, at least as a supplemental state aid uh, for those for those public school districts. Um, you know, obviously, I know it is you know a little early still, but what sort of increase in funding are you potentially expecting if there is kind of a number right now uh, when it comes to that SSA funding for school districts? Well, yes, SSA, school, uh, state supplemental uh, aid to school districts, uh, it, it remains to see what the governor will recommend. If I had to guess, she'll recommend 2.5%, and that's just a total guess. Uh, I think that's inadequate. I think we should be at least at 3%. School districts will tell you they need, you know, 4 or 5%. Uh, but I, if it's at 2.5%, I'll be pushing for a higher SSA of at least 3%. Uh, given the inflationary cost, I think that's a a reasonable place for us to be, and I think the economy uh, and our budget will support that that type of um, increase. Uh, another thing that a lot of us uh, are really interested in is to finally fully funding the uh, uh, preschool costs for uh, a certain poverty level kids. Uh, if we will be able to increase that funding, it would take about twenty million dollars over two years to get. Everybody, uh, all the children that are at uh, 180 percent of poverty into a preschool program, that really pays benefits later on because they're they're ready to learn and we can move them through the system and they'll be much uh, they'll be much more successful. So SSA is a big deal and the first thing, and I think uh, putting additional money into our preschool pro- programs is extremely important also. Sure, you know, and also obviously kind of on the topic of of education, of course, uh, last year the lawmakers did approve that the educational savings accounts, those were signed into law uh, by Governor Reynolds, and I believe it was about uh, 19,000 students statewide that ended up applying for those, which was at least a little higher uh, than expected. I know you were one of the few Republicans that did vote against uh, that measure, actually. Uh, and, you know, and with that number higher than expected, you know, some concern that the state would need to uh, to come up with some more funds for that, uh, for that program, I guess. What are kind of your thoughts and maybe uh, what we could see from the state legislature this year in terms of those educational savings accounts. Yeah, it, it, uh, the, the little disappointment here so far, the Department of Education hasn't released the, the numbers. I don't know why they wouldn't of the kids that actually uh, got the ESAs and enrolled in the private schools. Uh, you're right, it was some 19,000 uh, children were approved for it, but some of those, uh, many of those, I don't, I, I, you know, at least some of those uh, did not end up enrolling, and so that won't cost the state that amount of uh, the educational savings uh, grants that are out there. So we need to see that figure yet. We appropriated about $108 million last year to cover it. Uh, I'm hopeful that when it's all said and done that the amount of uh, students that are getting ESAs uh, uh, will be within that figure and we won't have to allocate any more money for it. Uh, I, I do know, and I think in Council Bluffs, uh, between St. Albert's and Heartland Christian, I think there was about uh, 65 kids that uh, took advantage of the ESAs, and so that wasn't a large number, uh, but it still will cost the state some money. So uh, we have to wait and see and, and let the DE tell us how many kids actually get the ESAs, and then we'll see if we have funded it properly. Certainly, you know, and obviously a lot, a lot of big things came out of that set this this previous session. One of them was also the uh, government reorganization bill uh, that uh, condensed the number of executive level state cabinet agencies from 37 down to about 16. Uh, I guess you know, and obviously you know, in previous talks with you, you know, there are always talks with it being such kind of a a big reorganization bill. There are always going to be some things to kind of uh, tidy up a little bit around the edges. I guess what are maybe some of those areas you see maybe could be addressed uh, in this upcoming year. 
Well, yeah, when you do something of that uh, massive of nature, you generally will have to come back and maybe do some cleanup. I think basically 95% of what the governor recommended last year made a lot of sense. There are a few issues in there that probably uh, some of us had some uh, concerns about, and, and so we'll see if those have manifested themselves over the interim. Uh, I was with some of our Department of uh, Human Services uh, people, and they're still kind of going through all of this and making sure uh, that their their like their regionalization programs of of some of the the, the services we offer, uh, they haven't gotten all the way through it, and so we get, we have to make sure that what we did works. And so we'll be uh, looking to to the people that receive those services to tell us how those things are working. If we need to make some adjustments, uh, we will. Uh, but uh, generally, I think it's gone fairly well. Mm-hmm. And talking here with Iowa State Representative Brent Seacrest. And, and uh, Brent, obviously, as we head into this new session, I guess, what other maybe bills or maybe that are you maybe hoping to work on uh, in this upcoming legislative session? Well, I'm always uh, extremely uh, concerned and, and uh, supportive of our parks and recreation programs, uh, uh, particularly the amount of money going into our state parks. And I'd like to see a program that will put some of the state money. Uh, into our county parks also. And generally, we we give that money uh, to the Department of Natural Resources uh, for park maintenance and upkeep and things of that nature in our, our Rebuild Iowa Infrastructure Fund, which is basically our gambling revenue. And so I'd like to see us continue to do that. I think, uh, if memory serves me, we put an additional $6 million into park infrastructure last year as well as $2.5 million into our, um, uh, our bike trails and hiking trails, and I'd like to do at least that and hopefully uh, even increase that amount because I think those quality of life initiatives are extremely important. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the child care issue, we need to continue to work on that, uh, make sure that child care is available. It's a particular big problem in, in rural Iowa, uh, again, because if you can't find somebody to take care of your, your kid during the day, it's hard to go to work. So uh, those are a couple of the issues that are out there. Uh, and what happens every legislative session is something comes up that we weren't counting on uh, going into session, and I'm sure there'll be something that will uh, come out of uh, you know some issue that we're probably not really focused on right now that we'll have to address, and that remains to be seen what that might be. Mm-hmm. So, well, Brent, we've run out of time here this morning, but thank you again so much for being here with us this morning. Really appreciate it. Uh, have a good rest of your day. I hope you have a happy new year, and we'll all plan on catching up with you again sometime down the line uh, here throughout the upcoming session. We look forward to it, and happy new years to you and all the listeners. Certainly. Well, again, that's Iowa State Representative Brent Seacrest here on the morning line here on KMA.